All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sotko here. Welcome back to the channel. And today I'm going to be talking all about how I believe that Bitcoin cannot dump again, or at least not anytime soon. And when I mean can't dump, I'm talking about 2017 level of dump, like a catastrophic dump. And sure, Bitcoin has died some two, 300 times in its lifetime, but I'm here to talk about why now is totally different than the past, as I see a lot of people saying that uh, Bitcoin could dump, or when is the retraction going to come? And I don't really think it is. Uh, the difference is uh, in history, I suppose. First of all, we're gonna have to go back to 2017. And the idea in 2017 was that everything was booming super big. I attribute most of it to BitConnect. In fact, a lot of my actual followers said that they have gotten into crypto because of BitConnect. And it was all over the internet. And I don't really blame them because it was everywhere. YouTubers were shilling it. Websites were shilling it. It was everywhere. The gains were huge. People were selling their houses, etc. Also, there was ICO after ICO for you to invest in. Literally pretty much one a day that you could invest in. Uh, pretty close, anyway. Also, almost every single day was a new proof-of-work coin in 2017. There was always something new that you could dig up and find a new proof-of-work coin coming out and set your GPUs to it and then sell it off for profit later. And then at the end of the year, uh, BitConnect had went under, they had sold all their Bitcoin, ICOs were selling all of their Bitcoin and Ethereum, etc, etc, and everybody began dumping. So what is the difference of 2017 than it is now? And the idea in 2017 was that it was a bunch of individuals all selling their Bitcoin. It was a bunch of individual ICOs. It was a bunch of individual uh, BitConnects and various other Ponzi schemes. It was a bunch of individual people who sort of fudded out of the system and sold all of their Bitcoin. So what is the difference now? Now it is not individuals. Now it is institutions and companies holding on to their Bitcoin. So the big difference between uh, individuals and companies holding on to their Bitcoin is the fact that there it takes a lot more for them to actually start selling and they'll only sell in small amounts. And also they have, a, uh, the idea is that they have to please their shareholders as their sort of investment firms are buying it up or companies themselves are just buying it up to increase their profits and increase their shareholder profits. Therefore they have no reason to sell. The idea right now is that institutions are starting to come into Bitcoin and they're buying billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. And they're not all just going to sell at once because that would certainly displease their shareholders. And with other institutions seeing that other institutions are making money, they start buying in and people are going to realize pretty soon that all you have to do is buy into Bitcoin and it's going to raise the price and please your shareholders. And that is going to get to such a level of Bitcoin price. I really do think we're going to see 100,000, 200,000 here in the near future, whether it be this year or in a few years, because because mind you, we have halvenings every four years with Bitcoin. <clears throat> and uh, just the fact that um, if institutions know that they can just simply start throwing funds at Bitcoin and it's going to go up in price and please their shareholders, they're going to do it. And eventually Bitcoin is going to get at such a high level that it's sort of going to price out the middleman, the little man like us, like the individual investor. Now that doesn't mean you can't be investing into cryptocurrency because of course you can buy fractional amounts of cryptocurrency. 
Uh, however, uh, by buying those fractional amounts of cryptocurrency, because the price is so high, putting $100 or $1,000 into Bitcoin when it's at $100,000 is going to net you mere Satoshis, if you will. It's just going to be a sm very, very small amount compared to what you would get to even today at 37,000. Uh, we are actually at 37,000 now. And uh, just to uh, take a, a second here, we are at $1 trillion market cap for the first time in cryptocurrency history. Congratulations, everybody. We're at $1 trillion market cap. And that's just the thing. Once you get 100,000 Bitcoin, $200,000 Bitcoin, the little man is going to be unable to change it. So back in 2017, we had the little man and we had the whales that would come along and buy Bitcoin or sell Bitcoin and throw it up by thousands of dollars. But eventually, even a single whale and not an institution, just a single whale guy with a few million dollars is going to be unable to move the price of Bitcoin. And the only people that will be able to move the price of Bitcoin will be the Wall Street level institutions that have no uh, reason to sell it. As long as it's going up in price and their shareholders uh, value is their investment is increasing, they are going, it's sort of like the Wolf of Wall Street. They're going to call up, they're going to want to sell their shares in grayscale Bitcoin and grayscale is going to go, no, you shouldn't sell it you should hold on to it for a lot longer. And therefore, it's not just one person that's going to dump millions of dollars of Bitcoin and lower the price. It's these individual investors are going to be convinced not to sell. So again, the price of Bitcoin is going to be so high that it's just going to be the, the average person, even a millionaire whale, is going to be unable to move the price. And I think that's about the time when it'll start actually stagnating and will only move up when, when institutions actually decide to buy a big amount and not the little guy or the whale. So that's why I don't think that Bitcoin is going to dump anytime soon. That doesn't mean that it can't go down a few thousand dollars. Uh, it did that just a few days ago um, with the, the expiration of futures. There was a big expiration of futures contracts and it drops a few thousand dollars. And we'll see that in the future. Uh, but what I mean is, is that there can be no catastrophic 2017 back to 3000 back to $6,000, uh, because all of this money is waiting on the sidelines. I mean, if, if Grayscale is buying billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin now at these prices, then, uh, and other institutions and companies as well, mind you, I just like to use Grayscale as the biggest example. Um, if Bitcoin dropped to 30,000 or to 25,000, do you think that they're going to wait on the sidelines? Probably not. They're probably going to be buying as much as possible, pushing that price right back up instead of individuals who just don't have enough money and whales who are just backing out and getting scared. Totally different environment. So one of the things was that was the catalyst for this now currently $37,000 Bitcoin was PayPal. PayPal uh, enabled the purchasing of cryptocurrency uh, with Bitcoin, Ethereum, I think Bitcoin Cash. Um, and their holder is Paxos. So their, their holder of cryptocurrency is Paxos. <clears throat> and Paxos had to buy hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, essentially worth of Bitcoin in order to actually give it to these people. Now, uh, with PayPal, it is sort of weird because when you buy Bitcoin on PayPal, you can't transfer it off of the system and you can't transfer it to other people. It just sort of sits in your account. And the idea is that 26 million merchants use PayPal for their services and you would be able to use that Bitcoin and buy something with it 
and it would just automatically turn into fiat. So Paxos does have to hold the appropriate amount of Bitcoin that people are buying on PayPal in order to match a one-to-one -one ratio sort of deal. Um, but it is a little bit different um, than you know actually holding onto your own Bitcoin. It does go up and down in price and you can later sell it. If Bitcoin is at 30,000, it goes to 40,000, you can sell it uh, back to fiat in PayPal, uh, but it doesn't quite work the same way. However, it was indeed the catalyst of, of what we have now, that along with Grayscale as well. But of course, this, this announcement came around uh, around October 21st. This article is around October 21st, but it was sometime around there that there was the official announcement. And we had been at 10,000 for quite a while. I mean, you can really go back in the chart several months. And even if you pull this chart back to early 20. 2020, uh, you can see that we were about at that price for quite a while, um, 9,000, 10,000. We were sort of fighting that area for, for a long time. And then about October 21st, you could see that announcement here up to 12,000, up to 15,000 and more and more and more. Uh, another big company that bought a bunch of Bitcoin was MicroStrategy. And again, these are all big companies and they're not just going to immediately sell like a whale. They're, they don't get scared. They don't, they don't FUD easily. And they're holding holding on to it for the long term. This is a corporation buying the Bitcoin, not just somebody who's planning on selling it at $15,000 or planning on selling it at 20,000, or as soon as it starts to go down, they scare and they FUD out and they sell their Bitcoin and people do that en masse. Uh, the individual is having a less impact on the crypto world than the institution is now. And once again, as I repeat myself, once Bitcoin's 100 or $200,000 or something like that, the individual person isn't really going to matter. Sure, you could still buy Bitcoin if it goes up by 10%, your investment goes up by 10%. Not a problem because we can buy fractional amounts of cryptocurrency. However, uh, it, it doesn't really matter because all of us combined, even pretty much the entirety of the US purchasers of cryptocurrency could not equate uh, to the billions that these companies are putting into Bitcoin. So MicroStrategy announces over 1 billion in total of Bitcoin. They announced that they have they ad added an additional 29,646 Bitcoins for approximately 650 million. As of December 21st, the company holds an aggregate of approximately 70,470 Bitcoins. So the average person cannot even buy an entire Bitcoin. The average person can buy just a fractional amount of Bitcoin, um, So which were acquired at an aggregate purchase price of approximately 1.125 billion, approximately $15,964 Bitcoin. So these people are insanely in profit. I mean, we're talking double, over double the profit right now of over a billion dollars. So they purchased it for $1.125 billion. Now they're well over $2 billion. So they're over a billion dollars in profit within uh, pretty much a couple months. Uh, that's pretty much the the biggest gains I think almost anybody's ever seen. I I'm sure there are gains like that in in, in the finance world and the company and corporate world a lot, but that is pretty good value indeed. And other corporations are going to be seeing this. 2021 is going to be an exciting year for Bitcoin indeed. Uh, now 2018 was pretty lame. 2019, meh. Uh, 2020, pretty exciting. 2021. Wow. Uh, now that they see Grayscale buying an unbelievable amount of billions of Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, also, you have to remember, too, that this is a new fiscal year for a lot of these companies and they have a new fiscal year budget, et cetera. Uh, so 
if you were one of these companies watching this and you could invest as well, would you put some of your portion towards that? You probably should. I think in the future, any corporation that does not buy into Bitcoin or any investment in corporate corporation uh, that does not buy into Bitcoin uh, is a fool. Imagine not buying into Bitcoin in 2021 and seeing those incredible gains. I mean, this is like 100 per, over 100 percent gains um, as of December 21st. They held all that. Uh, and it's only been uh, 10, uh, 15 days or so, uh, maybe 20. Um, and they're at basically 100% profit. Uh, so Grayscale buys Bitcoin faster than the miners can make them. This is another thing. Is it, is it all of these companies are buying Bitcoin far greater than the than it can even be produced? And in 2024, we're not going to see 6.25 Bitcoin. We're going to see uh, just 3.12 Bitcoin per 10 minute block period on average. Uh, so this is just going to exponentially increase. Uh, this is actually happening a lot faster than I thought it would. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I did not think we would be at 37,000 by now. Um, so uh, they're basically buying 150% of the newly minted coins. And this was a while ago. I think this article was actually uh, stated around May of 2020. So this, is, this isn't this is even close to uh, a modern article in terms of uh, the crypto world. This is many, many months old, and they were buying 150% of the circulation. Um, and I think that was um, may have actually been before the halving. So it uh, just goes to show that there is simply too much being bought. Now, let me show you guys this. Uh, this is the Grayscale Investment Update. They do this on their uh, Twitter all the time, um, usually every day, uh, at least every weekday, they update on how much they have. Let me just show you an example here. This is on the 24th of December, not that long ago. This is how much Bitcoin they had on the 24th of December, $14 billion in Bitcoin, 14 billion. Now, uh, on the 6th of January, so just what, like 12 or so, seven, um, 13 or so days later, uh, $21 billion in Bitcoin. So this is a $7 billion increase in just 13 days. That's practically a billion dollars a day that they are buying in Bitcoin, uh, simply un sustainable in the amount of Bitcoin that is being pulled off exchanges and pulled off of over-the-counter markets. Eventually, uh, these exchanges are simply just not going to have the Bitcoin to sell them, and they're going to have to start buying in any way possible that they can. People are pulling a lot of Bitcoin off exchanges. Square puts 1% of their total assets in Bitcoin in a surprise $50 million investment. So nothing compared to the, of course, $21 billion that Grayscale has, but just yet another example that they purchased 4700 and nine Bitcoin, and that was on October 8th. Likely they have more by now. A 50 million investment representing just a mere 1% of the firm's total assets, just 1% of Square, the payment company. Um, and then a massive exodus of Bitcoin continues to leave exchanges. Over 87,900 Bitcoin withdrawn in 30 days from major exchanges. So back in December 2019, uh, Coinbase held close to 1 million Bitcoin. In fact, in January 2020, Coinbase held around 969,000 Bitcoin. It was up to its highest point, 973,000 Bitcoin on February 10th, 2020. But all year long, not only from Coinbase, but also a slew of other popular exchanges have seen massive amounts of Bitcoin withdrawn after holding close to a 
million Bitcoin in February 10th, 2020. Today, the exchange only holds 805,000 BTC, excuse me. So only 805,000 BTC, only what, you know, but still, it just goes to show that just Coinbase alone, you can see the whole chart here is just sort of slanted and crooked downward if you guys are watching and not just listening. Uh, by the way, I do have a, a podcast. Uh, it is the same podcast uh, that you would be watching here, uh, but just the audio version. You can find that on Anchor. Uh, I think it's on Google. I think it's on... Um, uh, it's on pretty much every single podcast. Um, it's on like six or seven uh, markets. So if you happen to see my podcast, give it a little, uh, give it a little like and, uh, and a little listen if you want. Maybe eventually I'll put it down in the description if people prefer uh, to just listen and not actually have a YouTube video playing. But just goes to show uh, a lot of exchanges losing a lot of Bitcoin. Um, also, a lot of that over-the-counter Bitcoin is essentially all of the fees that the exchanges collect from you. So if you have one Bitcoin and you're trading a back and forth and you're paying such and such dollars per fee, uh, they keep some of that Bitcoin as a fee and they end up selling it to Grayscale. Uh, so eventually, uh, there just isn't enough Bitcoin going back uh, and coming back to the people, but rather going to Grayscale. So this is why it's extremely important for you to be holding on to your Bitcoin right now. Um, and if you're pulling it off exchange, you're doing you're doing a great service, essentially, uh, to the crypto world, because now you're not giving them back fees so that Grayscale can buy more. Um, you're holding it for yourself, and Grayscale will just simply have to find another way. Uh, but moving on here, insurance giant, Mass Mutual, buys $100 million in Bitcoin. So just an insurance company, well, they're, they're a giant, um, as written, uh, is buying $100 million. They have bought $100 million in Bitcoin for its general investment account. Uh, the company would have bought more Bitcoin for their general investment account. However, uh, some companies cannot actually purchase too much Bitcoin. The reason is because if you have an investment account or et cetera, um, it has to be d diversified with certain companies. So they pretty much bought as much as they could, um, but their entry into uh, Bitcoin is indeed quite significant. So moving on, uh, data says only 22% of Bitcoin supply left in circulation as Bitcoin rally is far from done. So Bitcoin investors are quickly storing most of the available coins away and they're not for sale. New data at the start of 2021 reveals. Statistics from on-chain analytics resource Glassnode originally released on December 29th says uh, confirmed that almost 80% of the supply of Bitcoin is illiquid. The changes um, in the composition of the Bitcoin market have become well known as a new all-time highs of above 35,000 emerge, which is now uh, some 30, 37,000 and a half. Uh, so too far a narrative that weak hands are selling their holding their holdings, excuse me, to strong hands and institutions are buying from whales. This reshaping the Bitcoin investor profile implies more long-term uh, holding and less speculative activity, which itself boosts Bitcoin's image as a worthwhile investment and perpetuates the cycle of hodling and price increases resulting from a liquidity squeeze. So the idea here is that all of these institutions are starting to buy it and we're seeing less whales. The whales were sort of somewhat destructive to the price of Bitcoin, um, somewhat destructive to the trading of Bitcoin. Sometimes they helped, sometimes they destroyed it. Um, and you could see that a lot with uh, a lot of Bart Simpsons on the ch on the charts prior to 2020, where Grayscale was buying it in MicroStrategy and these various other institutions and companies. Um, and what you would see is just uh, uh, the 
uh, chart going along and then you would see a big up just straight up wall uh, where one whale just came along and bought a whole bunch of it and and power brought up the price by a few hundred bucks which also uh, brought in other people to FOMO in and it brought it up even more so Bitcoin just jumped up a thousand dollars it goes sideways for six seven days and then dumps down by a mysteriously equivalent amount to what had dumped to what had pumped previously six days ago and the idea was is that essentially a whale can come along, buy a whole bunch of Bitcoin, start raising the price, whether they do it on one exchanges or multiple exchanges, and raise the price of Bitcoin. That gets people looking at the charts they buy into, it raises even more. Then the whale actually will sit there for a while and determine if the price is going to continue upwards or if it's going to go downwards. When they determine that it's going to go downwards, they sell and usually will open up short positions on various exchanges, and then they will sell the same Bitcoin that they just bought while while opening short positions, knowing that the price of Bitcoin is going to go down, then close their short positions and gain a whole bunch more Bitcoin than they would have if they had just simply sold it. Um, and this was a very easy thing to do if you have millions upon millions of dollars. This is not something that is particularly complicated. Um, and we're seeing a lot less of that. The whales have a lot less. And now the whales are, are it's much harder for an individual person, even if you have tens of millions of dollars, to pump the price or dump the price of Bitcoin. The, the, the liquidity is getting uh, pretty high. Um, and yet at the same time, the liquidity is getting pretty low, but the price is getting so high that it's just hard to actually move it for one person and not just for uh, institutions. So uh, moving on here to coin market cap again, uh, we have a $1.21 trillion market cap. So just before I actually refresh this, I had I had said that, you know, there was I had given a congratulations to the $1 trillion market cap. We were at $1 trillion, about $5 billion market cap. And all of a sudden, poof, uh, we're at $1 trillion, $21 billion market cap. So that's how fast things are actually moving up. In fact, things are moving up so well that XRP is moving up, which is in the middle of an SEC loss which is interesting. Now, however, I made a video uh, yesterday talking about XRP and what some things could come out of the uh, of the of the actual lawsuit against them. And if they're found to be a security, the company might have to shut down. XRP, of course, will still continue as a cryptocurrency, um, was kind of, um, and will likely sort of lose its long-term vision. Um, what do I think the actual outcome is? I think the outcome will likely be that they are found to not be a security. Uh, I think to find them as a security will take a ton more evidence. Uh, I think also finding them as a security will be very damaging to a lot of people's money. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, they may get a fine or something for, for things that they did in the past, um, at best, I think. Um, it could be worse, but, and then I think once that is, I think XRP, I think we're going to see an incredible XRP rally, uh, as much as I'm sort of somewhat biased against XRP. Hey, come on. I'm just a man. Um, I do believe, um, if you want my positive input, that there will be a, a, a pretty strong rally of XRP if found to not be a security. And this whole thing blows over. People will go, Oh, this is definitely not a security. Now, uh, exchanges will, will relist it. Exchanges will unsuspend it. Uh, grayscale will re purchase XRP um, as they're trying to get rid of it now and putting all the, all the money into other things right now during this lawsuit. Um, and I think we'll easily see 60 or 70 cents again, um, maybe in just even a matter of days, if not already soon. Uh, but $170 Litecoin, $1,200 Ethereum. So we're only $200 off uh, from Ethereum from the all-time high, which was a, some somewhere around $1,400, something over that. 
But uh, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. That helps me out a lot. Also, sharing the video helps me out a lot as well. Uh, also, still, the, I know the FOMO is just so strong. People are just fighting each other, breaking windows, throwing chairs, just creating a, a chaotic disturbance over this. But there's still one sign up to banned uh, Coinbase Earn. So if you haven't done it yet, it's free real estate and it's free cryptocurrency uh so that's going to be in the description below it's also going to be in the comments below as well one sign up so one person uh, click on it do the test it's like three questions you get free crypto and then you can just turn it into bitcoin if you want if you don't like band turn it into, uh, into bitcoin i don't i don't care but either way i hope you guys enjoyed it i'll see you guys next time